This is Trav Johnson with the Access a Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. You can follow us at accessastory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com. So I'm excited to be hosting some conversations for Sherpa. So Sherpa is a 12-month journey through God's story with the intent of personal and leadership formation. If you're doing Sherpa and listening to this, welcome to the podcast. If not, welcome anyway. We hope the conversations are helpful. So this is session zero, introducing Adrian and Nate, friends who have helped us develop Sherpa. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. Happy to have you here. Um, and thanks for hosting us here, Adrian. I just realised I called you Adrian, Nate. That's you're right. Not. You're looking at me I'm looking at and you. saying Adrian. Yeah, that's not the first time I've done that. And we're actually not at Adrian's hosting. No. So, yeah, so it's pretty just, impressive. So thanks for being here, Adrian. Nate, thanks for hosting us. You're very welcome. Here. This is kind of like the upper room it is at the, uh, Brooklyn Park. The Future very Park. inner upstairs sanctum. In fact, the upper room is the name of our youth group. Is that right? Yes. Oh, so there you go. Appropriate. Very, it's very clever, isn't it? Um, just wanted to spend some time kind of introing you guys today. So just would love to hear a little bit about who you are, what you do, some of your, some of your context. And because we've given you the opportunity to say hello, we're going to go to Adrian first. So when you say Adrian, do you mean Nate Adrian or Adrian? I'm looking Adrian. right at you, <laughs> Okay, Adrian. so it's me. That's right. Thanks, Trav. Yep. I wear a couple of hats at the moment in terms of ministry. I work for Churches of Christ in South Australian Northern Territory, working with leaders of churches, children, youth, young adult, family pastors, encouraging them to think around discipleship and leadership development, not just as kind of silos, but as almost whole-of-life discipleship and mentoring and so that involves some training and development, resourcing and coaching of those leaders. So I do that part-time. I also do some lecturing at a theological college and work three days a week for an American-based Bible agency called One Hope around seeing children and young people engage deeply with Scripture. And again, that involves resourcing and training of children and youth influencers across the world, with my focus being around Australia and New Zealand. And you're married? I'm married to Karen. I have two children, Imogen, 11, and Micah, 13. It's great having a 13-year-old, Dad, I'm a teenager, in the house. It's just wonderful. It's a fantastic stage of life, isn't it? Yep. I'm seeing or hearing no tone of sarcasm at all. Not at all. When you say that. Not at all. Pure joy. The classic response from Micah when you ask him to do something is, yeah, cool, (laughs) cool, (laughs) cool. That's good. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, welcome to that world. Thanks. Yeah. Mate, you've now you have teenagers. Yes, tell we, us, tell we us have about, a uh, tell us about that thirteen-year-old girl, Rachel, and we have a nearly fifteen-year-old young man, Josh. Uh, so yeah, that's we had this startling revelation when Rachel turned thirteen uh, back in May that we don't have children anymore. We're mm. teenagers, and so we, that kind of season is over for us. So that was pretty significant. And uh, married to Ali, uh, we're coming up on 21 years this year, so it's wow. pretty good. It's good. Yeah. And uh, a reasonable amount of that time, you've kind of been in the ministry, I guess, zone or context. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah, so I'm currently the pastor here at Brooklyn Park Church of Christ. Been here since February last year, uh, so that's been really, really great. So relatively small church, but uh, lots and lots of potential here, and so we're in a process of re-evaluating where we're at and where we're going, and so that's uh, that's been really, really good. Uh, before that, we spent seven and a half years in Canada, mm. so that was a great adventure for us, and so both of our kids have Canadian accents, 
Um, wow. So, but yeah, we, we had a really, really great time there. I had the privilege of working in an awesome church called the Meeting House over there in Toronto. So, yeah, that was good. And then, yeah, I've been in some other ministry roles before that church planting, youth and young adults, a whole bunch of different things. If there's a lesson that you think's valuable from your own journey, what, what would that be? What, what's something um, significant or, or um, meaningful, perhaps, that uh, you, you consider a lesson uh, from your ministry journey? Adrian. Uh, thanks for asking me first. Yeah. Right. If uh, There's a whole bunch of things that, that I think we could all say. If there was one that I think I'll draw out is kind of the nature of discipleship, and that's a really broad thing to say, but that discipleship kind of is not a, a straight line from finding Christ through to you know, Christ-likeness. Discipleship is a messy journey. It feels like it's up sometimes and then down. Sometimes you feel you go backwards. Sometimes you don't feel that God is with you. Other times you feel really close to God. Sometimes you feel like a really good Christian. Often you feel like a bad Christian. And for me, the realisation that, that that is all what we call discipleship and so discipleship is that sense of moving toward being more like God as opposed to moving away from him consciously. So the messiness of discipleship is something that has struck me over the last three or four years, both in my own life, but also then as I connect with, with other people, older people, uh, younger people and leaders, uh, to encourage them in the messiness of discipleship. And, and I think uh, um, maybe encouraging them to rethink how they understand discipleship mm. in, in the sense of messiness. One of the things that you've shared uh, with me before is like the mental image that you have of discipleship and you've contrasted that of an oak, oak tree, uh, mm. not necessarily saying that an oak tree's wrong, but often that's our perception yeah. of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, deeply rooted, you know, high, yep. you know, looks, tall, beautiful. looks beautiful, <clears throat> very solid when the storms come, etc. Mm. Um, but you've contrasted that uh, to the mustard tree, yeah. um, which is yeah. a completely different picture. Did you mm. want to unpack that a little bit? Because that uh, kind of relates to what, you, what you're saying. Uh, yeah, being, being very visual, that's a couple of images that have been significant for me and often share them with leaders when I'm, when I'm speaking with them. Yeah, as Trav said, the image of an oak tree which stands tall and proud is kind of unmovable. Mm. You know, the winds and the rain, the storms batter it, but it just remains strong and steadfast and kind of a, a pillar of strength. And growing up, and I still think today for many Christians, that is their understanding of what discipleship or what it should be like to be a follower of Jesus. The reality, I think, is far closer to that image of a, of a mustard tree or mustard shrub, which in contrast to an oak tree just looks really ugly. It's ungainly. You know, it, has, uh, it often kind of has no shape and, and a shrub describes it well. It's, it's ungainly. Mm. You know, it has different shoots growing out of the ground. It often leans over. It just looks messy. But I think that symbolises the nature and, and the, the expression of discipleship much more authentically than the strong oak tree. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so now we're talking about lessons of, of value over our, over your many years of experience. Many years. <laughs> many, many years. Well, I was a young lad. <laughs> but what, what's, what's something that, how would you respond to that question? I think... One of the biggest challenges, and I think this just comes with age anyway, is the reality of taking the long-term view 
Mm. So uh, I know certainly when I was younger in my teenage years and especially as a youth leader in my 20s, uh, there was just this massive focus on what's happening right now and things need to change right now and I've got to do this. Um, And so this urgency around that, um, but also the lack of awareness about how some of those things were then going to cause other issues potentially later. And so... I think that's one of the things that I've learned a lot about leadership is just slowing down um, and looking at it from two perspectives. So I think uh, sometimes we don't have enough awareness of the consequences of choices we're making mm. in the moment. And so slowing down and thinking about the impact of that, not just today, not just tomorrow, but six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, mm. I think that's really, really important. Um, but at the same time, investing in things that maybe aren't going to show anything for six months, a year, five years and recognising that especially with discipleship it is this slow process that is a journey for the whole of our lives so there's no like there are moments where something significant can happen for us but there's always something on the other side of that and there's always something on the other side of that and so it's kind of slowing down to recognise that's just what following Jesus is all about Mm -hmm. yep that's, that's good. So the, the two things I'm hearing from you guys, one is the, the messiness of discipleship, Adrian, and uh, and from you, Nate, this idea of taking the long view and uh, almost a discipline of, mm. of slowing down. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a sense where those things are actually uh, items of, of value that you guys bring to the table. Um, the question that I have just as we kind of close this intro session out is what's – maybe you can just uh, give a brief response, but something of, of value, you, you, you bring value to – Sherpa, because you're helping um, participate in the uh, development of it. Um, but as you think about Sherpa, as you reflect on the journey that um, that those who participate in Sherpa are on, what's something of value um, that Sherpa brings? Yeah, I think um, for me it's just how broad it is. So um, a lot of training ends up specialising, which sometimes can be very, very helpful, um, but it's just leadership training or it's just youth ministry training or it's theology or whatever it might be. And the thing that I like about it is that it, it covers all of those things and more. And so there is this sense where you're kind of getting a very holistic approach to what it means to be a healthy Jesus follower mm. who happens to be leading in a youth ministry context and so um, being able to pull all those things together and then I think the long-term view of that the fact that it is a year of training that there is an expectation that that's not just come to a conference conferences can be good at times um, but this investment in your own journey for a year and the stuff that happens in between like these podcasts and reflection and conversations uh, I think that's going to be helpful yeah good thanks absolutely agree with Nate I think we, we tend to focus on leadership development as the be all and end all, um, but I think we need to focus on discipleship development, discipleship making, um, and having responsibility for our own discipleship. And you know, from that comes leadership. It's, but discipleship has to be the primary focus. And so I like that that Sherpa focuses focuses on us as disciples and and the flow and effect of that with us as leaders. Also that we do it as a community. There's a a group of us doing it for 12 months. So we share our stories. We reflect on what God is showing us as we journey through the whole story of God in the context of Sherpa. But but we're journeying together, sharing experiences and learning from each other as opposed to sitting down with our own textbooks and doing it very individually and very privately. So I like the sense of shared journeying as well with Sherpa. One of the things that I really love as to where we've landed is the idea of formation. 
formation as well and thinking about what uh, what formation looks like for us and certainly um, the choices that we make and the priorities we have are important but there's things that inform those choices things like why you know the question of why we exist so our purpose and identity who we are informing those things but at the center of that I've found something to be something that's really helpful with Sherpa is this idea of story being able to tell our story um, and being able to think about what kind of story is informing our story as well Uh, so that's something that uh, that I'm finding really exciting just to be journeying with people Mm. in that Um, and so look thanks for this little intro session session zero I suppose Um, yeah uh, the next one will be uh, the story of culture thanks guys thanks Trev thank you You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access to Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com, or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.